This week on Inside Motorsport, we find out all the action of the Shannons Nationals. I hope you'll stay with us. Gary O'Brien joins us on the line, and Gary, you enjoyed uh, what was a very nice weekend in Goulburn for the first round of the Shannons Nationals of 2011. Yes, hi Craig, hi everyone. Yeah, brilliant weekend of uh, weather-wise in uh, Goulburn, and uh, the Shannons Nationals probably kicked off with its best start ever. Some of the best wheels were seen. Uh, V8 Touring Cars had 19, believe it or not. And uh, after last year where we started with four, it was certainly an improvement. Mm. They put on some good racing as well. Of course, as well, we had the um, Radicals debuting for the first time. GT3 Cup Challenge for Porsches, Saloon Cars and Commodore Cup. And of course, the, the V8 Touring Cars, which were the headline this year at the first round at Wakefield Park, they are sort of the third level of V8 supercars in this country and uh, they really do take their origin from, what, about uh, 10-year-old V8 supercars, would that be safe to say? Um, unofficially Tier 3, um, but uh, they do uh, progress right up to the VY model uh, Commodores and the BA model Falcons, so anything up to about 2006, 2007, uh, whatever's been superseded out of uh, development series is is eligible to run in V8 touring cars. And of course, they're not supercars as as such now. They were, and they must have ran in the series at some stage, whether it be development series or the main game, but they are now um, re-logged as V8 touring cars, and they have some slight differences. They run a different ECU, which limits them to 7,000 revs. Their wing plane across the back is slightly different, but it's the same on both models. The fixing points is as per the main game cars. And uh, the tyre is different. They run on a Kumo tyre. Now, of course, uh, Wakefield Park is a pretty tight circuit for a a bigger touring car. How was the racing? Oh, the racing was awesome. We had uh, uh, nine-tenths of a second covering the top ten for their what we call our sh- at the time attack or shootout. It's only for points. You don't, it doesn't determine grid positions. And then we had three separate winners and a fair bit of passing going on down the field. And who was able to get themselves into that uh, coveted number one spot? Well, overall for the weekend, it was Scott Lozman in an ex-Paul uh, Morris Motorsport Holden Commodore that uh, took the honours. He he uh, won one race, actually he won a, a little bit by default because Terry Wyhoon was pinged for uh, just jumping the start and was um, had 10 seconds knocked off his time, which put him back to about fifth spot. Wyhoon won the first race, of course, and uh, Tony Vangelo, the defending champion, uh, took the third race. So a good mix of cars and uh, certainly a lot of new cars this year and some of them even appearing in the colour schemes they ran in today. So that even makes it more of a, um, a trip down memory lane. Mm. It's interesting too because you have uh, those cars which harken back to an earlier time of uh, touring car racing or V8 touring car racing. Then you have something like the the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge which is a, a completely different end of the spectrum technology-wise. It is. You know, you're talking rear engine, flat sixes, um, uh, all, all basically the same. Although in the GT3 Cup Challenge, of course, there's two models, the 997 and the 996, and they're sort of the uh, the, the superseded cars that are now are running in the Carrera Cup, which is their new model, of course. Mm. Now, Matthew Kingsley, he uh, wrapped up the day with a good win. How was he performing right throughout the weekend, though? Well, <laughs> he 
um, he didn't win the round. He won the endurance race, um, and that's a separate series within their uh, some of their championship rounds. And it's uh, named after the great Jim Richards, of course, called the uh, Jim Richards Endurance. Uh, series, and that's covering, as I said, three rounds. Uh, but there is also the overall GT3 Cup Challenge, and Roger Largo, who uh, won it last year uh, when Kingsley had that big crash at Sandown, uh, he won the first two races and finished a very tight second behind uh, Kingsley in a 45 lapper. Mm. Now, the Commodore Cup is a series that is very well known, and at one stage, the Commodore Cup was sort of your feeder series to your higher levels of touring car racing in Australia. A little bit, I guess, uh, superseded now by the V8 touring cars, but still a very, very popular class. Yeah, they were a little bit down on numbers for this one because there's a big meeting happening in Bathurst in about two and a half weeks' time. And uh, they, they tried a few different things with this one. They, they, they had three practice sessions, no qualifying, which is quite interesting, and then drew the first grid out of a hat, basically, or, or chook lotto, for lack of a better word. And, of course, the second race was then the reverse of, of the grid draw for the first one, and then your uh, points from your finishing positions in both races were the determination of where you started the final. Mm. How did it go? Tony oh, Bates, well, I know, uh, won the end of the day. Yes, Tony Bates uh, took the round, of course. Uh, uh, Marcus Sakanovic, who actually didn't win a race, which is very unusual for whenever he comes. Commodore Cup Racing was second. Adam Beachy, third overall, and he's the defending champion. Um, Jeff Emery won the first race uh, because he drew pole, which is very fortunate, but then had some dramas uh, later on during the day, and uh, I think he had a clutch expire or something like that in the third race and didn't finish, so not a good day for him. I think he finished about fourth or fifth overall for the round because you do accumulate points along the way and uh, certainly gives them a bit of scope to get those points back in the ensuing rounds, although the next round is a two-driver situation, and then, of course, they have their um, their superstars come along and join them at Winton a little bit later for another round of distance racing with two drivers. Mm. Now, uh, I might be jumping a little bit here on you, but the Radical Australian Cup. Now, the Radical cars, for a lot of people who uh, don't follow motorsport, can you tell us what they are and how they're trying to fit into the Australian motorsport scene? Well, they actually fill a bit of a void that's been in our um, motorsport uh, categories for a long time. They're a sports car, basically, a little bit like a Le Mans car to look at, although they don't run those big engines that you see in Porsches and and uh, Audis and the like. They run a 1500cc Suzuki-based Hayabusa engine, and all the all the cars look very much the same. They've got similar sort of powers. These ones are called a SR3. There's a new car due out this year called a SR8, which is a little bit more radical, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better word. But they have a they they're allowed all the things like the little winglets and all those sorts of things on the on the cars to make them uh, uh, a little bit slippery, I guess, in the air. And they are very quick. I mean, they were doing times that were slightly faster than the V8 touring cars, where the V8 touring cars might have, say, been getting in a very low 60-second bracket. These were doing sort of 59, so about a second faster, and you could expect about a, a, a 1 minute 31 or so at Eastern Creek, so that puts them on about the par. So little, little uh, smaller engines, but uh, very much lightweight compared to a to a supercar, and that's where the, the power-to-weight ratio brings them up to about the same spec. Mm. Now, Peter Opie and Tim Berryman really kicked off the series well, but I'm confused because uh, I noticed that Tim Berryman and uh, Miles finished well, the one, day. 
Yeah, well, it, uh, the way they run these events was a 50-minute race, and it was uh, with or without a driver change, but all cars have to do a mandatory um, one-minute stop. If you're on your own, you have to get out of the car and get back into it. If you've got a co-driver, then he gets into it. And um, they elected the winners. Uh, Miles and Berryman elected to run with two drivers. Uh, earlier in the weekend, each had a race. And um, so that's why they lined up and and they made a great race of it. It was, it was only about four seconds cover the top three at the end of it uh, with Glenn Idis uh, finishing third and he too went out on his own. Mm. It, it's an interesting opportunity there, isn't it, for a two-driver or a standalone single event? Well, their, their emphasis is going to be placed on having these sorts of events wherever they go and trying to get a name driver to jump in with them. And at Eastern Creek late last year in December, they they actually ran um, as a support to the Eastern Creek 8-hour. And uh, at that meeting, those cars ran the likes of um, Warren Luff, Greg Murphy, Cam McConville, uh, you know, Paul Stokel, all sorts of fancy names and uh, make for quite an interesting spectacle. Mm. Now, the saloon cars, the sports cars, the V8 uh, touring cars and the GT3s are on at the next round at Malala which is coming up. Some of those categories won't be at uh, Malala and um, saloon cars next round at Winton at the end of June but coming in in their stead was obviously going to be some of the other categories that are on the Shannon's National Program uh, sports sedans for instance. It'll be their first round for the year. Always great to talk about the Nationals and of course Speed Week will have all the action over the next few weeks until the uh, next round hits the track. Yeah, well you'll see it on SBS or on Fox, uh, whatever your uh, persuasion or you can watch it both or you can go to their website and have a look at it there as well and of course um, we we understand the uh, live streaming on ITV. Uh, the link that they had on their website was uh, quite popular over the weekend. Mm. Well, Gary, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Look forward to having another chat in the near future. Indeed. Well, um, certainly look forward to that and all the best for Len. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.